0: Hi, welcome to Scratching the Surface. I'm Jarrett Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On today's episode, I am talking to the designer, writer, and educator Kenneth Fitzgerald. I first came to Kenneth's work through his writing in Immigre, a publication that has come up again and again on this podcast. And I've always really loved not just what he was saying and what he was writing about, but also how he was saying it. His writing always has this distinct voice that really blends insight and humor and and criticism that I've always just really enjoyed. Currently, Kenneth is a professor in the Graphic Design Department at Old Dominion University in Virginia and has continued to write on various publications like Speak Up and Design Observer and AIGA. And he's currently on the founding board of Dialectic, which is a great new academic journal uh, put on by AIGA. A lot of his writing was also collected in the book Volume that was released in 2010. In this episode, Kenneth and I talk about how the design discourse has changed over the course of his career, how to connect design writing to other disciplines and areas of study, and how he encourages his students to be interested in writing and critical thinking as it relates to their design practices. I love talking to Kenneth. I'm a big fan of his work and what he does and just had so much fun in this conversation so without further ado here is my conversation with Kenneth Fitzgerald you know so i was i was i've been, ex- been thinking about this conversation for the last couple of days knowing we were going to have this and and kind of going back over a lot of your writing and I realized as I was preparing for this that I've been I've been reading your work for years but I actually only know you as a writer and I feel like that is a bit of a disservice to everything that you do Um, and so I was curious kind of I want to kind of just start a little bit with your background and, and kind of what came first for you was it design or was it Writing and how did those things come together?
1: Well, I certainly, it's like only in the past month have I started showing people any kind of um, comprehensive look at what I do. Okay. Like the, the, the things I do in art. I mean, I, I I just created a Tumblr page and you can go there and mm. see a, a good selection of stuff. And part of it is just, um, laziness of sort, but another <laughs> another part of it was kind of deliberately suppressing it mm. because certainly with design writing and, and criticism, the first thing people want to know or comes out of their mouths about something you might have written or some issue is, well, what the what has that person done? Right. The assumption is, well, that person's a designer. I mean, that's the, going to be the best critic of a designer. And so... If anything I was like hiding it saying no I want you to read this mm-hmm. I want you to address these issues and it, I'll tell you some things about what my background is and if anything just to incite things more of, of trying to sound like I'm not the kind of person who's supposed to be saying this stuff Interesting. You know? so-, so you've really got to I, I really insist you address these issues on their merits or lack of it rather than referring to the work I did and certainly what we see is oh well this person is very well known they're very uh, as a designer and yeah. so therefore we're going to give their opinions a lot of um, value mm-hmm. well I think there is an argument there but sorry I read a lot of lame arguments by very well-known <laughs> designers yeah but, but they're you know oh, well, this is X person, and so therefore it's it's gossip.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So um, now I sort of feel that, well, now it's a good time in the game and it, to start saying, well, this is what I do. Yeah. And let's see how it goes, because I can say long before I got into design, when during my fine art career, people would get to know me before they saw my work. Right. And it it was very frequent that the response would be, "Wow, you know, I didn't know. I just didn't think you you did this, right. or or we'll be doing this sort of thing." And there would be like a a re you know a reappraisal mm-hmm. uh, about me uh, afterwards, um, usually for the better. Yeah. I like to <laughs> so um, so that's why. I mean, there isn't, there isn't much, there are some things, but it was really, I'm not, you know, uh, foregrounding it. And so really I, I went to graduate school for design very pragmatically or practically okay. where, uh, my undergraduate degree is in ceramics and oh. my interest in design was, I loved album covers mm. and I, boy, I'd love to do that. But I looked into design, and uh, you know, I knew design students when I was an undergraduate, and it was like, "Wow, this exciting thing! Designers make it boring," and, so, huh, yeah, you know, no, thank you. And um, then I encountered Emma Gray magazine, okay, and naively thought, "Oh, wow, there's a place for somebody who thinks like me here. They're talking about design in a way that's." interesting finally and and um so i went to graduate school but really it was pragmatic my thought was boy i'd like to become a uh, a university's publications director <laughs> okay and before that i had just done you know scattered freelance things because how hard is design right and and uh, but it was when i was in graduate school my thesis advisor I was the only designer he had ever um, been the advisor for. Mm. Um, he now runs the uh, Mass Art graduate program. And George Creamer, and his background was, I mean, he was an artist, but also criticism and writing. Okay. And I was interested in reading that. I was reading Emma Gray and related things, so I understood what people were talking. I wanted to understand what people were talking about. And sort of halfway through my thesis year, I, you know, you know, one day I'm talking with George and he breaks it to me, says, you know, I have to tell you, you're an academic. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no, no, I want to go. I want to make things. He said, yeah. no, no, you really have to. And, um, huh. it really then, so I was, my thesis went from, Designing the first issue of my magazine, which I eventually did, to a study of contemporary design writing because I was reading it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of I, I sort of charted it. That became my my thesis. Wow. And um and the first day of my graduate study, actually, the the head of the program, Al Gowan, who's a, a writer and researcher about design also, the first day, he knew that I Um, was on the Alumni Association board, and I wrote and edited for the alumni uh, publication. So he said, well, I know you write, and I write also. I challenge you before you graduate to actually have something published Mm. uh, about design. And that was like nowhere on my agenda. I had had some scrapes with it where One thing I did before I started graduate school is an alumni project by a design graduate and um, putting on a show of of mass art design alumni. And uh, two of them were Jacqueline Casey and Muriel Cooper. And since I was was writing for the alumni publication, they asked, well, why don't you write an article about some of the people who are gonna be in the show? Here's Muriel Cooper's phone number. Why don't you call?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I don't know who this person is, and so I look and find Liz McQuiston's, you know, Women in Graphic Design. Mm-hmm. and I read the blurb there, and I call Muriel Cooper, and who's really sweet and patient with a this dope who knows mm-hmm. nothing about design and who she is. This is 1988. Okay. You know, around this. And um, so that was my extent of design. And I met Jacqueline Casey, who came to the opening for the, the exhibition. So even then, even when I've given this challenge by Al to do this, I have no idea. Yeah. What, you know, I, it just never. And um, then it happened where I was in the midst of writing the thesis. And this is exactly true. What I do to warm up, still to you know, I know I'm going to write something serious. Mm-hmm. What I do to warm up is write something sort of frivolous, and it also is a delaying tactic of sorts. Okay. Well, I'll do that. I like that. So I'm I'm writing the the thesis or or parts of it, and or before I start, I say, well, I'm going to write a letter to the editor to emigrate, and which I do, and it's, and it's kind of a response to something Michael Beirut wrote, which okay. I thought was. which was fun but I said I'm gonna do the other I'm gonna show the other side of it so I send, so I write it and I send it off and I forget I did it you know because I'm (laughs) writing the thesis
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and one day I'm sitting at the computer getting the cats out of the way and the phone rings and there's this voice that says hi this is Rudy from emigre (laughs) and I you know, now up until this point, you know, I the only person I dealt with as emigre was uh, um, um, I forget his last name, Tim Starbeck, okay who was their 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 manager for a while, and for some reason I would have to call to give him my credit card number <laughs> to be able to subscribe. Yeah. So that's that's what's on my mind. So I answer the phone and I hear this and I think that it's him. And my thought is what anybody would think. He's cold calling me to try and sell me typefaces. <laughs> and so I'm, part of my yep. brain is saying, do so I politely say I love your stuff, but I can't afford it. And then the other part of my brain says, no, you dope. He said, Rudy, <laughs> that's the editor. And so I caught up with he'd been talking. Oh, wow. So I caught up with it. And he says, you know, we, we got your, your thing and we're going to publish it. And he really liked it. He said, you know, Michael Bay Root's a friend, but we really, you know, like this. And we chat. He asked me, you know, who, who I am and what I'm doing. And then he says, uh, have you heard about this Elliot Earls project? Mm. Throwing out that the, the sun, which I had and was really interested in. But can I spend $100 when I'm finishing graduate school yeah and he says well if you're interested we'll send you a copy and we'd like you to review it oh wow and it's like of course i immediately say well sure and i have absolutely no clue what i'm going to do or how i'm going to do you mean design criticism i don't know what this is and yeah. um uh, and and also the deadline is just a little bit before my thesis is due <laughs> right you writing simultaneously and uh so my thesis suffered for it i mean the actual document it's pretty i look at it now and you know wince mm-hmm. uh, and probably i know other people could say yes we read your your first thing there which which rudy published and it's uh um, that should make you wince also. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's, you know, that's um, how I started it. And the really weird thing was, after I get off the phone with Rudy, you know, I say, well, that's really great. That's really interesting and, and scary something. But what had been happened, I'd been, like, so involved in the thesis that I was literally having dreams where I'm arguing with Steve Heller. Wow, okay. And, um, and so I hang up the phone and... I start to wonder, wait a minute, did that just happen? Yeah. You know, am I sort of in a waking, waking dream? And so Rudy said, he, well, I'll, I'll send you a letter and, and and solidify all the details of it. And so I'm like, I'm waiting for this to make sure this actually happened, that this person called me, that I wasn't just, you know, fantasizing. <laughs> right. so, which it was. And so that was my start. I just sort of, from a standing stop, yeah, from his generosity of inviting me to do that, based on this uh, letter to the editor, um, and then it was I do that, and he asked me for a blurb about myself, and I put on it that I'm producing this magazine. I'm I'm going to oh. do the thing I they intended to do, and he said, "Well, what's that all about?" And I said, well, this is what it is. He says, oh, it just so happens, our next issue, we're going to do magazines and we're gonna ask a number of people to um, write about their favorite magazine. So, how about you doing that? Wow. And I said, oh, sure, I'll do that. And so for the first few, it was exactly like that. I said, well, that was fun and that's the last thing I'll ever do. So, oh, that's two things. And it just became him asking me and I did have some ideas And it was like each one. Well, this will be the last thing until it just starts. Yeah. You know, piling up. (laughs) And um, so that's the the (laughs) unglamorous, undirected story. Suddenly, wait a minute! um, I'm I'm doing this now. Yeah. This 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 is something I'm doing. So I might as well. um, Well, I really didn't change my attitude any. I'll just (laughs) I'll just keep it. It seems to be working. Yeah. um i'm 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 um getting certain people upset and that's good i guess and other people seem to like it and at least rudy does and that's you know that's the main thing uh, i suppose so so that's that's the true story i
0: I, and that's so interesting to me on a lot of different levels and it i have so many questions that i kind of want to pull out of that a little bit um (laughs) And so, were, so were you thinking kind of at the time and, and as Rudy kept asking you for things that like you have, you have that you're, he's asking you to do things and you have your advisor who said that you're an academic.
1: Yeah. What were you
0: thinking about kind of both of those things happening at the time in your finishing school with what I assume was thinking that you were going to become a graphic designer and now you're kind of doing this other kind of writing about it what what was that kind of thought process like for you at the time
1: well what happened at the end of graduate school because of of this and being told this and, and I and um I liked it I mean I in one way or another I wanted to be in the university atmosphere because okay. I, I like that and knowledge so it was just what kind of position would I be and it's sort of like well I really like more the idea of really purely dealing with the ideas mm-hmm. of, of sorts. And so when I got out of grad school, I was simultaneously looking for the, universe, the you know working job and also for teaching positions. Okay. And I got offered one of each, and I decided to to do the academic side. But as far as the writing, um, it was really when I had to figure out what is it I want to do, in some ways, it was like, well, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to think about it too hard. Right. And I wanted to have, I mean, I, I, up to that point, also read a lot of art criticism okay. and art theory. And certainly had an intense dose of it in graduate school. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to, and this crosses everything that I do, I really wanted to be somewhere with the writing that had the rigor of academic writing, right. which I really, which I really admire, but would be, you know, is really hard for me to do. I know I can do it, but I want to have that rigor, but also have the accessibility. Yeah. That more, you know, Rick Pointer talks about um, critical journalism. And yeah. I'm I'm probably the term wrong, and that's how I feel. well, in in some ways, that's naturally what comes out of me. And but it was also quite deliberately thinking I want um, I want to make these ideas accessible and it has to have the personal voice to it, which is usually I don't like when that's like purged from it. Mm -hmm. But I also don't like when it's and certainly in design writing, it's and certainly at that point, it was almost overwhelmingly personality driven.
2: Right, right.
1: And where's the rigor? Where's at least some kind of proof for what you're saying? And it was always, again, referring back to someone's resume. Oh, this is my evidence for my claim. I was art director for this for a day. I I guess so. I mean, so uh,
0: it's interesting to me that your kind of first really introduction to design or your first connections to the design field were rooted in theory and kind of reading about design and really kind of approaching it from an academic side. Do you think that background had an influence on the type of writing that you were doing, the type of writing you wanted to do, the type of design work that you were drawn to and wanted to write
1: about? Um, It did because I wanted that rigor. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought, why I asked George Creamer to be my thesis advisor, because oh, okay. he wrote art criticism,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it was, I wanted to make sure if I did this. And well, first of all, you know, I wasn't thinking I was going to be doing it when I was in graduate school. I mean, it was just totally focused on that thesis
2: Yeah,
1: and response to the things I was reading. I wanted there to be rigor to my ideas that what I read. I wanted to apply what I thought was missing in the overwhelming majority of design writing. It just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to put it there. I wanted to make sure what I had. While at the same time, what I think is good about design, and has I mean this is very rough in general, as opposed to art criticism and fine art, is that it is an accessible medium. Yeah. And that's That is a good thing, and design had has all of this rhetoric that influences meaning, Mm -hmm. and which put me in some interesting spots in graduate school, where you know, for my for the seminar class, whenever you know we're all asked, well, write a statement. Well, I not only wrote a statement, I designed it. Mm. And I hand it in and the response is, well, this is very good, but it's not in the proper form, which is it should be in 12 point Helvetica. It shouldn't be in three different typeface with these different statements that, you know, interlock and all this. And it's like your comment just negated my entire graduate. One of the central premises that design brings. rhetoric this there is this rhetorical form so oh well (laughs) What, what was it about
0: you know but what was it about the kind of you said that you were really interested in the ideas around graphic design and that that's kind of why you wanted to find a job at the university and so I'm curious like what was it about that was it this idea that form graphic design is accessible and the forms of graphic design carry with them all this meaning and you weren't finding people who were talking about it
1: well it certainly was and that that was largely what emigre you know the the major assault on modernism Mm -hmm. and that was so furious in the early 90s and you know for me it wasn't an intellectual thing i just you know read these things and it just like Automatically made sense. It's like well, mm. of course. Yeah, and then to encounter Then I have to learn about modernism and all of these other things. It's like oh really wow Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I was just honestly just you know, just feeling it it just you know, it just made Sense to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to I want to talk about immigrate a little bit because and and kind of the culture that that came out of and and was a part of because Um, I'm pretty sure it was through reading Immigre that I kind of first discovered you and your work. Um, But as I mentioned to you earlier, I kind of came to design in the early 2000s and felt, you know, as a high school student who was kind of just discovering this stuff and picking up old copies of Immigre, felt like I had just missed this kind of very interesting critical discourse around graphic design in the 90s. And... Part of me wonders if I am looking at that era with kind of a certain romance that might not really be there. And so I was curious. I, I kind of just want to hear your perspective on graphic design in the 90s and specifically the kind of critical discourse that really blossomed in that decade that uh, in a lot of ways we kind of don't have right now.
1: Um. If I'm not careful I could get, you know, romantic about it. But certainly <laughs> it was. There there was so many it's sort of like it, it was like back when, you know, I was 16 when the Sex Pistols album came out. I mean, the, you know, the punk the new wave era where something exciting and different was happening all over the place. There was just so much of this happening. And that's that's what this time was. I was very very in, incredibly fortunate. To get involved at that yeah. that time, where just ideas and interesting work, you know, left left and right, just everywhere is just coming at you, and I, I I'm pretty sure it was Rick Porner who said, and it, it, that you know every issue of Emigre was like an event. I mean, yeah. it felt that way for me, even though, and I was coming from a different you know different place i had a different take on it but still it was an event it was exciting it was like i was going to be introduced to something else really fascinating some idea, some argument some kind of you know work and how it you know how it looked so um and then i got involved and those became the least interesting issues (laughs) for me because it's like the other ones are more exciting um Well, there was interesting stuff along with what I was in, but it really was. There was just so much, you know, discussion. And when it was over or as it went on, I certainly learned more about history, history Mm -hmm. of graphic design and what went on and realized how rare it was in that sort of context. Yeah. But for me, it's just like very immediate. There was just all of this interesting stuff, a lot of ideas and work were was being allowed people were just trying a lot of different things and a lot of it didn't work some of it was dead end but just so much stuff was happening and then it sort of kind of became the revenge of the mainstream or the revenge of the pragmatic design All right, right. this like well that was fun now let's get back to business yeah and um, it's more complicated than that um, right of course I don't, I, I you know I do not sit around being you know nostalgic
2: okay.
1: it's, it's, um, in, in any ways I mean in some ways it's so personal when Rudy said he didn't want to do it anymore it was, it was like hey I get you yeah. I mean it's time to move on it's time to do something else I miss that form I miss getting that thing but that means new things are going to happen, and um, some sort of new challenge. Even though I knew practically that, well, there goes my forum. You know, who else right. is going to put up with this stuff? And certainly <laughs> not very few, not many people. Yeah, and 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 by me, well, that's that's neither you know here nor there. I'm not owed an audience by any means and what happens you know happens and i'm i i've always been sort of unplanned i do what i do yeah and yeah. Looking, you know um time for something else or this changes and if i stop doing it well um but i still haven't managed to yeah. there's always been some other thing that keeps keeps me uh keeps me at it
0: well that's that's exactly what i was going to say is i I was curious because i feel like you know even though immigrate is no more and even though that kind of um i don't even know the word that kind of vibrancy around critical theory and writing about design from that era largely isn't here anymore you keep writing and there's still you know you still are finding forums, and so I'm. I'm. I, I have a kind of. It's, this is a two-part question, really. I'm curious of how the the discourse around graphic design has changed since then, and then, kind of, how you're thinking about the work that you do, and how it's changing, kind of along with that, and the things you're writing about, and things like that.
1: Um. Well, they're just. Simply isn't that much, you know, discussion because there isn't such a visible forum or forums mm-hmm. for it that there just isn't consideration about doing it. Yeah, and so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where, um, mm. and to a large degree, I'm not one. I'm not one for shoulds, which is a moral argument. I'm one about. Okay, well, that's how it is. You know, the marketplace has decided. Right. Uh, this is how it is, and it's the design marketplace, which is sorry, we're we're not interested in that. And my response is okay. <laughs> On a, you know, level. yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody owes me. I mean, um, you know, uh, an audience or to read me for any mm-hmm. reason whatsoever. I mean, there's no obligation in any case. Just because I deign to write this stuff, that somebody should you know, design should look at it and pay attention to it? No. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I do it because yeah. I, I do it, and that's it. It does get tricky, though, when the many people in the graphic design field say, why aren't we taken seriously? Why aren't we given this stature for the kind of thought and the kind of work we do? What's up with that? And I say, well, if you want that, You've got to be doing and supporting this, not for me, but for you. I'm not Massimo Vignelli writing the call for criticism. Right. He wrote that, and it's all these designers saying, "Wow, thank you, Massimo, for reading for, for writing this." Yes, yes, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I'm just pointing out the facts. You you asked for this, and you're not doing it. Yeah. So, this is what you get. You know. And as yes. far and again, you know, I'm on yes. the personal level. It doesn't it doesn't equal loving me in any way. That's that's your argument. If you don't want, you know, if right. you want something different, do something different. You know, that's just how it is. Yeah, you know,
0: you've you've hit on so many things that I'm I that come up when I'm when I'm talking to people for these because, you know, I I feel like. Something that I'm very conscious of is I don't want this podcast and my project and my discussions with people to to be to come across as why isn't there more criticism? You know, we need more people talking about design because I actually think that there are more people talking about design today than probably ever before and design in a very large sense is kind of in the public consciousness. But what I'm interested in is how do we talk about it at a rigorous level that goes deeper than just uh, kind of voting up or down on the latest company redesigned logo? Uh, which also, you know, that has value also. But there's a lot more to this thing that we're doing. Um, so I I don't know if that was a question other than just confirming that I agree with what you said. Um, how? So I guess I guess kind of where I was getting at with that though is something that was always interesting to me about Immigrate and you kind of echoed this sentiment just now is a lot there was a, a decent amount of Immigrate that was also about the importance of criticism the importance of this discourse and so I'm curious what 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 is the value that you see how does this help how does having a critical discourse around graphic design help the profession, both at large and then kind of, you know, in individual practices?
1: Um, I have no interest in helping the profession. Okay. Not on the agenda, you know, at okay. uh, all. I mean, if practitioners need me, oh my God, <laughs> there, there are <laughs> no, you know, yeah. bigger, bigger problems there. Um, well, yeah, maybe. I, I, I can talk about what it means to me yeah. why i'm interested in reading it and how it influences my life and makes it much more exciting and interesting to look at design to look at art because of i'm entertaining these ideas it yeah. goes so broadly it's you know it it transcends just Of the doing design it's not a recipe or trying to develop one Mm -hmm. about how to make design per se it's about understanding what it's like to be conscious and to create a culture to have a culture right and here is an activity a discipline of design which is so prevalent Mm -hmm. and so central to this culture and it just engages all different kinds of ideas it just intersects with so many aspects of it and i it's just fascinating it just makes the world much more fascinating
2: yeah. for me yeah. to
1: engage in these things and so i know many designers you know yeah. now and um who have no use for what I do. They still respect me and I respect them, but really, you know, what I do and write doesn't really affect them. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. That's all, you know, that's all right with it. Again, I can talk about what it means to me and I can talk about the rhetoric that the design field has put up about, again, the, you know, the call for criticism stuff. But that's you know that's what it is for me. It's just design is very important to me because um, I just spontaneously love this form and these things here, and I love contemplating the ideas. I'm I'm conscious, and I like yeah, knowing how all this stuff fits together and the possibilities that it opens up about. Um, how I'm going to make my life more in- interesting and to be more interested in, in what is is there now. And uh, But the profession, um, good luck. I hope all of my design friends, I want them to make money. Yep. I want them to do well because I love them and want them to be <laughs> yeah. successful. Um, and, You know, But the writing isn't a, a component of uh, helping or hindering. Honestly, not the hindering right. <laughs> it's not meant to do that. Well, I think, see, see, I really
0: like what you're saying. What you're saying is helping me parse out something that I've been thinking about a lot and, and I feel like is a lot of the reasons why I'm even doing this is because, you know, in, in, and I apologize, I'm kind of thinking out loud now, but you've, you've struck something in me that I hadn't connected yet uh, or connected before is that I think I'm very similar to you in that I'm interested in reading about design and and thinking about design in my own writing about design from a critical and theoretical perspective. And it was always just for you know kind of my personal en- enjoyment and my personal understanding. And, and it made me appreciate these things more deeply or in a new way. And there was something in me that felt like that had to have some sort of purpose beyond that. It had to be this thing that, you know, the, the profession could could get around or it would make us better designers or something. And I feel like kind of you're saying like, you know, maybe it, maybe just for enjoyment and just for kind of a deeper understanding, maybe that's enough.
1: Um, I, I firmly believe with, with a lot of things you can't go directly at it. The way to yeah. get to a purpose is to do it tangentially. And many of the ideas and circumstances of my life have not come through, you know, directly doing it. As I described how I got into this, it was just like, what? <laughs>
2: you yeah. know, just
1: yeah. this this series of um, fortunes fortunate occurrences
2: right
1: and um i think it can inform exactly you know what you do um i just have a hard time making giant you know encompassing statements you know about again about shoulds i can talk about what you know what i do and i believe that you know very firmly you've got to know why you're doing something for yourself Right, You know, and that's what gets you through the times when nobody knows who you are and or that they know who yeah. you are and make heads or tails out of what it is you do. Yeah. And then once you become, you know, you do get some attention that keeps you honest where you don't do things for other people. You're not trying to fulfill somebody else's idea of what it is you should be doing and what you should, you know, sound like. And right. For me, all through this, I I do it because I I enjoy doing it. And if anything, you know, perversely. Oh, nobody wants to read this kind of stuff? Well, you're gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm just keep doing it because it is so unpopular.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I reread in preparing for this, I reread your essay There was an immigrant, I think it was called Quietude. Which I f- was kind yeah. of, I- I'm sorry to like bring up something that was probably, I don't know, 10 years old now, but that's kind of what you talk about is that, you know, there might not be a space for this, you know, and maybe that's okay. Uh, you know, like, you know, it's okay if kind of people don't understand this, but it is a shame because graphic design is this thing that we're surrounded by all the time. Um, so I'm curious, uh, cause you also are a teacher and I'm curious how you kind of take this kind of way of thinking about design, and how do you how do you kind of translate that to, to students, or or how do you think about teaching graphic design to students?
1: Very very carefully, <laughs> I mean, um, because so much of what students' expectations of and what's how many people still teach it is very pragmatic, right? And it's very weak. It's very weird for me as well, there are portfolio schools out there and or or just doing it. Um, do that, you know, though go that route if you can't stand you know these ideas or these underpinnings of it. So it's kind of like, and so there's a certain percentage of students who just totally reject you know anything like this. What the hell are you talking about? Right. You are wasting my time. I want to get to work on a on a brochure please. Right and, right. and again, well it's like, all right, I'm good with that, but why are you here? I mean, this is, you know, don't you know what higher education is or, you know, aspires to be? Yeah. You're just however there are other people who are who are teaching it in that very pragmatic sort of sense. So it's kind of can't blame the, the student with that. Um I just um just very be um, I think any idea you have to be careful about um, I just introduce you know certain readings at times I just talk and over the years just try and talk better and describe where I'm coming from yeah. and I like to think um, that it all dovetails together that these abstract ideas I'm talking about, Will make somebody a better designer. What I, what I tell students is, you know, figure this out for yourself. Which is what I did. Who's considered at the top of the field? Let's go take a look at the people who are, you know, widely honored. Yeah. I'll pull out, since I mentioned it before, Michael Beirut, someone who writes extremely well, who's incredibly intelligent, who is invested in sort of like these ideas. Right. And I look at other people. Okay, right next to him, you know, there at Pentagram is Paula Shear. She doesn't write as much as he does, but she's incredibly erudite and speaks about design in a much broader context and very interestingly crosses it with practicality. It's right. in there. And I and I like to do that also. So I say in my survey, I'm seeing these people who are top of the field who aren't talking, you know, you know, really are talking about design yeah. at a much higher level. Don't take my word for it. Go out and see it. And for me that's you know, that's the evidence. That's what's, you know, yeah. happening. That so um, I make a point of that of okay, introducing various designers and um, you know, some students get it, some students don't, somewhere in between it's a cliche of a long time, you know. Education—it's learn. You're teaching for the future. Right. It's sort of, right. I saw that. It took me years for certain things to make sense. Um, in a lot of ways, I think what I'm trying to teach in the ideas are very, very practical and pragmatic. Something right. that I I think about intently all the time. There simply aren't enough design seats available for all the design graduates were turning out mm. I mean they're just innocent. yeah and so many of the overall majority of people aren't going to go into that. right like, doing graphic design every day it'll be right. you know most of them are in the periphery or surrounded in that so that's the reality of the situation what am I really teaching what do I need to do and for me it's I can't be so laser beam focused on how to make a good brochure. Right, right. Tools and ideas and sensibilities that will carry over. And again, my feeling is when you look at it, hey, actually that's the best thing for the hardcore design students. Also, if they can crack open, you
2: know,
1: find a little bit and realize, hey, this is school. This is the time where I can investigate these things yeah and just be you know, open-minded about about stuff
0: so I, I have just a couple more questions just to kind of start to wrap it up a little bit um, but I'm curious what are the what are kind of like the I, I don't know the word exactly the issues or the topics that you think kind of design writers and the design profession should be kind of thinking about and talking about, like what are the things that are under theorized right now that, that we should be talking about?
1: Um, Hmm. I think first of all, keep making wider connections Mm. and uh, just keep connecting design to other disciplines other ideas of thought there are some that are over sort of like over connected oh please stop talking about architecture (laughs) (laughs) yeah um sorry yeah
0: i'm guilty (laughs) of that
1: (laughs) and um certain other thing me um it's like why i am just boring everybody by talking about music all the time of making Mm. that connection yeah which um Something like that, combined with other disciplines, that's very interesting. Um, means something that sticks in my mind. Two of my favorite musicians, and they're both guitar players, Richard Thompson and Robert Fripp, okay. you know they get interviewed and they you know they're asked, well, what guitar players do you listen to? And they say, well, I don't listen to guitar players. I listen right. to other musicians, right and see what they do and bring that sensibility to you know my instrument. I know Thompson definitely talked about that. And I think that way with design. I love reading, hearing designers talk about design. But how about crossing that? Yeah. How about really, you know, looking at it in that other context. You know, really get design out there, and you know, you know, the design profession just keeps turning inward, just saying, you know, nope, only we can talk about our, you know, what we do. Um, no, get out there and explore those, those yeah. common facilities. Um, you know, too much of the design, well, not criticism, but design writing, well, criticism too, It sort of ends up being in the service of making better design. And again, I mm. don't think it can be so direct that it's got to be. Just get out there and make really bizarre connections or unlikely things. Explore right. that. Right. Just drop the idea of we're trying to make better design. You know, it's not again, it's it's not my job to get Pentagram or anybody else more work. Right. They do not need me helping them. Yeah. And But I think a lot of it still comes down to that. We're trying to increase appreciation so more designers can get work. Huh? That is, again, boy, you're in desperate straits if you need my help. (laughs) Uh, So, and I think it just creeps in. It is just, well, it's been the the emphasis for so long. So maybe it's not particular fields, but it's the attitude about what it is you're doing and being very careful about that. Again, I don't want to... Say that it's not important or not valid. I mean, people are doing amazing, interesting work with that attitude, doing you know research. I know them and envy and admire their dedication and, mm-hmm. and what they do. But for me, that's you know that's just it. It's like I obviously it's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to spread to push out into other areas and make those connections and sow the commonalities. And I wish other people would do more of that too.
0: I love that. I know I said I had like a couple more. I have one question. I have a. I'm adding in a question based on that answer. Um, I'm 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 curious, kind of how you think about your readers. I I don't want to use the word audience, but the people when you publish something, the person who's reading it. You know what 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 do you want them? Do you just want do you, do you want them to kind of see design in a new way, to see what they're doing in a new way, to make a connection they haven't made before, um, or kind of like like what is what is your goal in putting your writing into the world?
1: The first thing is always that somebody enjoyed reading
2: it. Mm. <laughs> yeah,
1: period. That is absolutely the number one. That That's somebody answer. writes. That somebody, and that that is the real answer, and it comes from my culture writing ultimate hero, again, people are tired of hearing this from me, uh, Lester Bangs, where I can sit down and read a record review from how many years ago, Yeah. and I read it for the joy of the language and the ideas, they're some of all of it. I want people to do that with me. It's like somebody says, I don't really care that much about design anymore, any more than I did before it would be nice but i really just loved reading it yeah <laughs> so that is absolutely the first thing and i think is is necessary for somebody to entertain those ideas and so after that because i'm doing this because design matters to me i i love talking about it i love thinking about it love doing it yeah then it, it's like yes i would like someone to come away saying i never thought about that and not so much, definitely, I would like them to appreciate design because I do. It makes potentially, wow, here's somebody else I can talk to. Yeah, about this thing I love. I, I'm trying to create this network of people. And but along with that, maybe a little after that, is they start thinking about the world in a different a different way. Mm. So look at things that, wow, I appreciated that. It's sort of how some art made me appreciate stains on the sidewalk and look at it in a different right. way. Right. The same sort of thing is I would love my stuff that, say, that people say, you know, my world is now much more interesting I to consider. That. Stuff that I just passed by, I now look at and say, you know, life is rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: I love that. I mean, that's so, uh, that's so great. I almost, I almost want to just end it there because that's such a a great answer. I do have one more question. Um, I'm curious, who are the the writers that you, you already mentioned Lester Bangs, but who are, who are the writers that you, you are enjoying a lot right now, both about design, but also not about design um, that, that you think are kind of doing that type of work that
1: you're talking about? Um, well, certainly I want to say as far as design, one thing I was fortunate when I got into it, there were so many interesting people writing about it where I learned a great deal, starting with Rudy, Mm -hmm. who is appreciated for, you know, he does, but, um, you name, you know, the person who's respected for it and I owe a debt, you know, to, to them all and I'll, I'll read anything. Um, you know in the larger you know sense you know and this is especially on my mind for other reasons it's sort of a, a book I recommend to everybody particularly who's thinking about you know doing this sort of thing is um, uh, well there's Lester Banks definitely uh, Annie Dillard her her book living by, living by fiction is okay. just magnificent I I wasn't able to read until i read that book i could not i tried to read thomas pinchon and (laughs) could not deal with it then i read her book and it was like i got it and she and what she does in that book is uses metaphor connects fiction with art Mm. talks about writing and first of all as just somebody who loves to read yeah and so for me there again is this combination of there's this rigor, I mean rigorously thinking of, you know, working your idea out and then just the joy, not just, the joy of language of making those, you know, those words sing. And those are major. In some ways, I'd say I'm the, you know, the bastard child of those two. You've, okay. you've, you've managed to get put those two <laughs> together and yeah. you you kind of get me. They're the major Sort you know things. That's great. Kind of, sort of what you were. Yeah. You know, Asking. That's great, I mean, and I
0: have not read that book, so I'm gonna add it to the list. Yeah,
1: and and what I love about it, there are parts about it I I just read and go new no, new no, new no, 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 and you just yeah. don't you know just go well. Other times it's just like oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh wow.
1: So you know just wonderful.
0: This has been so great. I. I'm not just saying this because we're talking, you're, you really are one of my favorite, uh, I'm putting this in quotes, design writers. Um, I've been reading you for years and, and talking to you has made a lot of helped me make a lot of connections and think about some, helped me connect some of the things I was thinking about in new ways. And so I really appreciate your time and this conversation. I'm so glad that, that we got to do this. So thank you so much.
1: Well, no, thank, thank you. I'm, I'm flattered to be talked I, I, mean, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad I'm, you know, contributing that because, um, that's sort of this, even, even in this age of, uh, blogs and all these things, you send, you send these, these ideas, these words out in public, you know, with emigrate back in those days, you wait three months yeah. and see if somebody wrote, yeah. um, and you don't know and it's nice to know a fan yeah yeah <laughs> um, yes. that that is a connection so you know you know thank you it is it is just um, you know really gratifying to know that hey you know this this is this is being meaningful to somebody yeah. else yeah because again to go back to what i hope for it Another thing, I suppose it's kind of like a, a, a tripod that somebody says, I want to make something
2: right.
1: Not, not even, you know, I want to make something. I want to contribute something either by writing something else or making something to bring something else worthwhile, you know, in, into being. Wow. That's, you know, that's why I teach is yeah. I'm there because I want to experience new stuff. I want to see what's what's coming and help facilitate it. Right. So, so thank you. Thank Yo. you. I'm glad to make the time for that. Yeah, yeah, I mean it. It's, it's... This episode was
0: recorded on April 13th, 2017. Our theme music is by Indy Borghassani. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Surface Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and at scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.